Welcome to the Whiskey After Work podcast. This is where booze meets business. I'm Doug Shaw, owner of Peach State Business Brokers and Advisors. And I'm Melissa Hergert, owner of Brain Train Centers. We are serial entrepreneurs that love to learn from other successful professionals and love to drink whiskey. <laughs> Hello, Melissa. Hello. How are you this wonderful day? I'm doing good. So, welcome to the Whiskey After Work podcast, episode five. I think we're a couple listeners away from being able to pull some advertising from Spotify. Thank God. Nice. That was quick. It was quick. A few weeks, about yeah. six weeks. Yeah. Um, we have a pretty good, pretty good show today. Yes. Interesting guest. Yes. A guy you want to know, a guy that you hope you never have to use, mm -hmm. but boy, if you need him. Um, our guest today is Sean Ditzel, who is a, uh, is a local attorney here in Marietta, and I'm going to get to him in a minute. But Hello. I've got a few things that I need to get out of the way before we start. Yeah, yeah. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Brain Train Centers, mm -hmm. Keystone Realty, and Peach State Business Brokers and Advisors. Great businesses. Before we get rolling, I'm going to remind everyone that the views expressed on this podcast are of the idiot that's saying them. <laughs> And no one else. So if you hear something come out of one of our mouths that deeply offend you, blame that person and nobody else and no business and no sponsor and mm -mm. no producer and no guest. No, no unless the guest is saying it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's I just want everybody to know that. Yeah, we're going to we're going to swear a little bit. We're going to be a little bit offensive sometimes. <laughs> and if that bothers you a whole lot, I'm sorry. This is probably not your podcast, but. If you like whiskey, you like business, yeah, you like to have fun, and you like to learn a little bit, hang out. For We're going to have a good time. Yeah. So our guest today is Sean Ditzel. Hello. Thank you all for having me. Yes. And uh, he is uh, he's a longtime friend of ours. He's a local guy. Um, he's been my friend longer. Yeah, he has, but we've... As we'll talk about in a little bit, he and I have crossed some paths before, too, that we didn't realize. And uh, trying to make himself important. He's originally from Baltimore, Maryland, uh, yeah. but it wasn't his fault. He right. got here when he was pretty young. Like most Atlanta people, you know, not really from here. So transplanted when I was 11. And uh, Jewish, he, he said that's important. Jewish on his mother's side. And it's a fact that he actively hid when he moved to Paulding County, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't much choice about the matter. Mm. No. So, um, yeah, he's a graduate of Paulding County High School um, out in Hiram, GA. It's actually Dallas. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It's on 61 out there. Yeah. So, so uh, Dallas, Georgia, that was the only high school out there for a long time. It's not that way anymore. Uh, went to Georgia State, graduated uh, 2003. Uh, with a, what were, what did you go to school there for? Political science. Political science and, and English. That's right. Mm. And he was pretty smart. Yeah. High grades. Yeah. Big time scholar. That that just means I didn't have much of a social life. Aww. But, you know, it's all good. <laughs> then he went to uh, the University of Georgia. Mm. Go dogs. Dogs. Spelled D A W. I'm not going to bark on the mic. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. With honors, <laughs> mock trial team. That's where he became a soulless attorney. 
So his first job out of uh, out of UGA was at a place that's near and dear to me. It's I have several attorneys that I'm friends with that work at this place. It's uh, Vincent Talley Richardson and Cable. Out, that's in also in Dallas. Mm. And you did divorce work there, correct? Yeah, I, I basically they were throwing away all of their domestic divorce business. They hired me, said, "Hey, maybe we don't have to give it to everybody else in town if y'all if you'll be willing to do it." Nice. I parlayed that, and 17 years later, I'm primarily still doing divorce work. Mm. And we'll get into the rest of where he's at now and where he went from there. Um, he's married, um, like so many of my friends, has completely outkicked his coverage. That's true. Uh, so his wife, Robin, is a clinical psychologist here in Marietta. He's got two kids, Xavier and Alexandra. Young, too, seven and five. Mm-hmm. Still very much in the thick of it. And uh, an in- interesting fact, and this is where he and I have some sort of connection. He was uh, started out in maintenance and then worked as a lifeguard at this place called Sun Valley Beach in Powder Springs, Georgia. And it was the weirdest place ever. Acre and a half chlorinated and filtered swimming pool where i have never pulled so many kids <laughs> i was really? i was a life i was a lifeguard instructor there and my wife actually that's how i met her she was in one of my classes oh my gosh and uh she was a lifeguard she was the head lifeguard out there for several years it was the best place best it was place to work. But what was uh you know a lot of kids they'd bring these daycares out in these oh, and, gosh. and there'd be dozens and dozens of kids out there they wouldn't have any kind of like guardians or or supervisors oh, they just field trips yeah they oh make goodness. the lifeguards turned into babysitters <gasps> uh, my record in one day was 13 saves whoa yeah i, I don't i'm not gonna we're not gonna do a, a dick measuring contest here no. but <laughs> we had uh, <laughs> we had a um i worked there during this thing called king's kids and it was this international christian conference where they brought thousands of people there oh. and they were camping all they, over yeah, the, i was gonna say i remember that they were sleeping in these giant tents, tents and yeah. yeah and so most of them couldn't swim, but they oh just got God. in this, you know, 17 foot deep pool anyway. Oh my and God. we were just all day. You just heard whistle after whistle after whistle. You just couldn't even keep up. Oh, my goodness. Um, but, you know, nobody died on our watch. But That's several crazy. years later, after I worked there, there was uh, somebody who died and oh. they it basically shut the place down. Yeah. They were in litigation. Wow. and Yeah, they had two years in a row where they had a drowning out there. Oh now, my when, God. Both when Sean and I worked there, it was under different ownership. Mm. They had had one drowning in all their years. Wow! But the new owners had two drownings two in, in two years, right. and then, yeah, it That's just so got sad. it just got prohibitive to keep it open. And I was out there a couple months ago. They turned it into a subdivision and went to the place where my wife and I had met the first time was a pavilion, um, you know, that was down below the pool, mm-hmm. and, and it's like a cul-de-sac now. And oh, yeah. So. Crazy. Another interesting fact uh, related to Sun Valley is I have half of a screenplay about my experiences there, and oh. I'll finish it one day and sell That's it. That's cool. So we've had this discussion before, too, and I think it would be cool <laughs> to get together some of the people that work there. And I've got another good friend that worked with you out there, mm-hmm. that uh, uh, Matt Mason. He's an insurance agent. And... Uh, yeah, I think it'd be really cool to get some of the different people from different times that were out there because I yeah. bet you the stories aren't a whole lot different between them, and you could come up with some great stuff to put oh, yeah. in that. that. Free work for me. If we're going to like talk and reminisce, I, I kind of recommend opening up a bottle, and, and I've brought, a, I think, a good one. It, it was recommended to me by 
a, a trusted advocate at, at a local, um, you know, liquor store, Gem City here in Marietta. I've not tried it. That's part of being a whiskey drinker is yeah. being adventurous. Uh, yeah. Katakin Creek, uh, um, what's it called? Roundstone Cask Strength Rye. And uh, it, it's 120 proof. It's not for the faint of heart. So uh-huh. Melissa, Kristen. Just a little bit. Yeah. So could this one possibly make Bourbon Friday? Oh, yeah. This will make Bourbon Friday. Bourbon Friday for the, your listenership. My, my law firm, we, uh, we all like to drink bourbon and whiskey and uh, all kinds of things in between. And um, at every Friday on a good spring and summer day here in Georgia, we'll be on our rooftop of our building um, drinking little. bourbon. We're going to so, make it to one of those parties one day. Yeah, I hope maybe, so. Maybe we'll we keep, get an We invite. keep talking about it. No, he said it's always an invite. Right. It's an open, open invite, but we, we are going to be more intentional about doing like sort of a invited monthly uh, thing going forward because sometimes it's, it's hard for us to coordinate who's there, who's not. We've had people show up and nobody's there. So. Oh. oh, Melissa, I'll in front you. of you. Okay. You notice I brought tasting glasses yeah, today. this is cool. In front of you, this is a gift from uh, Clinton Dugan. Uh, he's one of the owners of Short Barrel Bourbon and now uh, one of the new owners of Fourth Ward Distillery here in Atlanta. Cool. And um, he sent some tasting wheels. So this is a little easier for us, especially with when we talked about it last episode, you didn't have a ton of experience with whiskey and bourbon. Yeah. So this is all... Um, this is all the different ways that you can pick up different flavors when you uh, when you drink your whiskey and when you're tasting it for the first time. Okay. So you're gonna pick up that glass and what are you gonna do, Melissa? I'm gonna sniff it. You're gonna you're gonna nose it. I'm gonna nose it. But where do you breathe? Through my mouth. There you go. Ooh, that's strong smelling. What do you get? A little yeast I, in I like there? It. A little doughy when you when you smell it at first? Hmm. I'll take your word for it. I, I, I like to drink it. You know, the smell, uh, it's part of it, but um, it like I, I, I'm, this, this wheel will be helpful for me because I'm, I'm just not big into descript, describing it. Yeah. It's like, it tastes good. It tastes good. All right. Cheers. Cheers. What happened, Doug? Oh. Cheers. I'm giving you cheers. cheers. I was tasting it. I was busy. <laughs> There's more, more important things at hand here than cheers and it's drinking. Yeah, that's good. Um, it's definitely cast strength. Oh, Lordy. Um, thick. Ooh. It's got a, it's, it's got a viscosity. It's like it a sure 530. Um, and you can tell it leaves like a, yeah. a, a trace on the, on the Glencairn glasses here. Are those called tannins still? It's not wine. I don't know if you call it that. Let's I wouldn't call it tannins. What, just the... The, the legs, the... Oh, no, that, that's just indicative of how thick the... Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some term yeah, for there's, it, there's, and that y'all will learn in your yeah, we journey that here. Out. Kristen, look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. That's what producers are for, yeah. right? Yeah, that's. Um, so would this be in the grain area? Without question, because of the yeah. rye. Right. So yeah. you're gonna have some grain taste. Um, definitely gonna have. Um, it was finished in a charred barrel, and mm-hmm. Sean and I talked about this earlier while we were setting everything up, and. Yeah, you can taste. Uh, you can taste a little bit of the barrel. No, um, it's a rye, and we want to know what the. A little bit of the char. The, 
arms or legs or whatever it's called that come down on the glass. What do you think? I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I like it's it. It's good. chewy. It's thick. Yeah. I like chewy. It. Oh, that's a weird description. But yeah, it makes sense. Good stuff. I mean, I can already say Ooh. being on the podcast and drinking is better than actually listening to the podcast. You guys need yeah. to encourage drinking for your listeners. Like, hey. Have you know. a drink with us. Yeah. Good well, idea. You know, when they look at the name of the episode and see what we're drinking, they could just go out and buy it before they even listen. Yeah. True. So we've done that before with uh, virtual wine tastings and that everybody went out mm-hmm. and I think we did it with Jackie and them when the we cider. did uh, Urban Tree Cider. Yeah, yeah, everybody had their cider. So very good. That um, is good. Definitely. Tell us cast strength. What was the proof on that? I think 120. it's 120. Yeah, so you don't want to drink a ton of that, Melissa. 120. Oh. It kills COVID. 60% <laughs> alcohol. Nice. There you go. You should be COVID free. Yeah. Yes. Goodness. Winner. So... I'm going to let Sean tell us a little bit more about himself and, and what he does and his practice and kind of how he got there from what we talked about. So I'll awesome. C- cut you loose, Sean. Sure. Give it a go. Mm. So I appreciate the lengthy introduction. Um, I am uh, primarily a divorce and family law attorney. So when, when people say family law, what does that mean? I'm not a consigliere for some mafia. I do <laughs> custody, adoption, child support, alimony, divorce work. And uh, I'm a good person to know, but not a person you want to use, right? So I've been doing what I do um, almost my entire career. Um, I started out at a general practice firm, the one you mentioned, out in Paulding County, and I was doing mostly divorce work. But, you know, I, I literally, shit you not, my first case ever was about the sale of seven horses. It was a, a contract case, oh only gosh. in Paulding, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my sale goodness. of seven horses, that's my first case. Um, but anyway, um, if you had told me, or probably most family law attorneys, when they got to law school, hey, you're gonna do divorce work, we'd say, fuck you, We're not, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. Nobody wants to do that. I got some experience doing it between my first and, or my second and third year of law school, um, and I kind of, you know, I was looking for a job. I found one with at a criminal defense family law firm, um, also out in Paulding, and um, and I kind of I, I kind of liked the human touch that that sort of work provided. It, I wasn't just working for you know s- saving some corporation money. I wasn't working for some insurance company, saving them money. I, I actually got to interact with real people, help mm-hmm. them out. Um, so when the prospect of getting that kind of job after school opened up, I wasn't foreclosed to it. And I, have found that I, I, I do enjoy it. Now, some days are harder than others. Obviously there's some ugly crap that we see, but I parlayed that first job into a job that I worked for many years in downtown Atlanta, um, uh, a white shoe family law only firm and, uh, and, and rose through the ranks there, but that was a fun job. There were a lot of perks t- uh, to the Atlanta lifestyle, lots of celebrities, lots of uh, athletes, entertainers, you know, executives at international companies. So, you know, going from very middle income folks in Paulding County, probably a lot of low income folks in Paulding County to the richest the city has to offer. I had a, a very diverse experience of, of work and, um, 
But I think like many people, many small business owners, you get to a point where you don't want to work for and make money for your bosses anymore. Mm -hmm. And so um, in 2017, I partnered up with uh, another local attorney here who, who I've known for a long time, Jeremy Abernathy, and we we put it together. He had a similar diverse background of representing all over the political, I mean, the socioeconomic um, spectrum all over the city of Atlanta and surrounding areas. And, um, and, and so we put it together in 2017, about the time I met Melissa, because yeah. I started marketing around mm-hmm. here. I moved my practice from Atlanta to Cobb. And, um, and we've been going strong. We added uh, partner Jordan Hendrick in 2019, bought our building and, or bought an office suite in a building um, right off the square. And uh, we all do family law. We like what we do. Um, and and we're, we're good at it. Mm-hmm. So family law can be a little dangerous too. It can be. It can be. Have you ever had an issue where somebody's tried to get even, so to speak? Oh. I, I had a couple scares. We had we previous to our current office, we were not far from this office where we sit now. I was um, right on the square in a in a second uh, story office, and I had a client who I knew was armed and dangerous and and unhinged and upset with what the court said his rights were with regards to his kid and. Mm. We basically, we knew that he was in the area. We had to lock up and call the police. And, um, I mean, luckily nothing happened with it, but it was a very scary situation. He was your client? He was our client. Wow. Um, You know, uh, your producer, Kristen, mentioned before the the podcast started recording that it's national Be Nice to Your Attorney Day. Mm Mm-hmm. We don't have many of those days because, mm-hmm. you know, what, what I do in family law, you're dealing with good people going through incredibly stressful and hard times. Yeah. And it brings yeah. out the worst in people. Especially and, with kids involved, huh? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So um, we've seen it. We've seen a lot. Um, and unfortunately, within the last three years, there are two family law attorneys in the metro Atlanta area who have been gunned down and oh. killed. Um, one by uh, their own client and the Jeez. other by opposing party. Oh, so it's horrible. it's really not for the faint of heart. I mean, those are yeah. rare, but when you hear two in the span of several years, it's... Yeah, you know, no, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's scary. Yeah, yeah. Working with people's lives, big changes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not everybody gets to go through a, you know, a smooth divorce. It's... It's, some do. Um, some do. Well, that's, you act like adults. Yes. And so. The first case I ever had the luxury and liberty of turning down was at my first job out in Paulding County. And um, the person who was trying to hire me for her divorce um, was in jail. Uh, so her family was trying to hire me mm-hmm. and on her behalf. She wanted to divorce her husband. And so when I found out about the facts of the case, she basically, she was in jail because she put a hit out on her oh, soon to be ex-husband. Goodness. And so, and she only had a couple years left in jail. And so I was like, I'm not screwing this up. Mm-hmm. I was a baby lawyer. I was out maybe a year at that point. Mm-hmm. And so I fielded the, you know, the call. I met with the family, and they were willing and ready to pay 
whatever we asked for. But I told the, you know, the partners there, I, I'm not comfortable doing this. And they're like, you don't have to, you shouldn't do it. And oh, so, yeah, sometimes the best cases, the best clients are the ones you turn down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Feels good to be able to do that. So you do a little bit outside of family law uh, too, correct? A, a, a very little bit. Um, we do some, you know, low level estate planning, wills, trusts, um, you know, powers of attorney, stuff like that. Um, you know, family law bleeds into uh, juvenile court sometimes, and it also bleeds into quasi-criminal. We do a lot of, like, uh, temporary protective orders and violence situations, mm-hmm. so those have criminal ramifications. And we, you know, particularly one of my partners, Mr. Abernathy, uh, does some personal injury law, but, you know, we're all – we're all very trained and ingrained in, in family law primarily. Um, but he's had good results with, with PI and, uh, um, Jeremy's a unique individual and he would be a great guest on your podcast one day too. Cause in addition to being a multifaceted lawyer, he's a, um, a Baptist minister. And so mm. he gets lots of referrals. And so if he gets a referral for a PI case, why not sometimes? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, did uh, COVID create a boom for your business? or COVID created a gigantic boom for mm-hmm. our business. Yeah, nothing, um, nothing like finding out how much you like somebody. <laughs> or hate somebody. By yeah. putting them in a house and saying, hey, you're not leaving for mm. a month. It, mm-hmm. it, it really ratcheted up the tension and it forced people's hands. Mm. The problem was it took about six months to eight months for courts to really figure out how to get these cases heard. Mm. Um, because of COVID shutdown there, mm. nobody was in person and everybody was learning on the fly to, to zoom and do, uh, WebEx and all the, the various platforms. So there was a backlog. Um, and when they first started letting cases come back, they prioritized the criminal cases because right to a speedy trial and all that, they mm. had to get those folks through. So while it, you know, our caseloads increased, the ability to actually close out cases was was hampered for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had to, a lot of people settled um, and couldn't have their day in court until the system figured it out. But it, it, I think, particularly for the justice system or the, uh, the uh, us lawyers, uh, maybe not criminal so much anymore. But we we've really gone and uh, and embraced the Zoom platform and those similar type platforms because. A lot of the hearings that we used to have to go to all around state of Georgia, all around Atlanta, we can now just pop on a Zoom and oh, cool. make so an announcement. Still... It's oh. not for most final hearings, yeah. but all the intermediate, all the, you know, nice small announcements. We don't have to waste away in a courtroom, waste a client's money all, sitting around all day waiting to be heard. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly hope I never have to use your services. So I have kind of a personal question. Has any of the cases ever affected your marriage? It is very difficult not to bring home your work. Yeah. Right. Um, it's, it's, it can be brutal. Um, yeah. And you, I think a lot of people burn out in family law because mm-hmm. after a certain amount of time, as thick of skin as you may have, it, 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 it begins to wear on you. And I, mm. I can't lie and say it, it doesn't take a toll sometimes. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it, it does make you appreciate 
you know, a good relationship Mm -hmm. and, and not having the absolutely wild, abusive, uh, you know, shit that we see on a day-to-day basis. Um, but yeah, I mean, it makes you appreciate it. I will. I mean, I'll also say this as a 25 year old coming into the profession, nobody's really getting divorced at your age, but as a 42 year old man, as I sit here now, Mm -hmm. half my friends are divorced, remarried, getting divorced for a second time. It's nuts. And so it does, it, it, you, you're just looking around bewildered a lot of the time. Yeah. I never understood that. The, the governor calls, gives you a reprieve, and then you jump up and say, strap me in again. Stop. You don't know how many times I've heard, well, I'm never getting divorced again. And then I see that same person on, you know, somewhere and they're remarried. I've, I've, repre- I've had a, a several repeat customers handling their second, sometimes their third divorces. So you know uh. that he's good at it and you know that all that money's worth it. Right. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. they view Return. it as worth it. Yeah. You Return don't have customers. to spend a lot of money to get a good divorce if you're both reasonable. But yeah. unfortunately, that's pretty oh, yeah. rare. My, my sister's going through one still now, and yeah. it's been going on for almost two years. Oh, God. Yeah, just not even reasonable, and and the guy's not even reasonable, and it's just the only the only people that are smiling right now are the attorneys, and mm. because of making a killing, because right. it just keeps dragging on and on and on. Oh. People have a a hard time accepting how much it can cost for a divorce, oh. and you know this isn't applicable in every case, but we sometimes ask our clients, well, how much did you spend to get married? How much was your wedding? How much did, was all the stuff that you put into your home? You're not willing to, you know, spend that on your divorce. Mm. Or, you know, you, you, you talk, I've heard other attorneys, I haven't used this personally, but my, my partner figured this one out. He's like, <laughs> okay, how much are you spending on uh, closing costs for a house? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, lawyers, pretty similar yeah. percentage of your estate. Luckily, but, I didn't. Well, have but to we spend don't. That much. We don't charge. We we charge hourly yeah. against a retainer. We don't charge like percentage. Yeah. Yeah. we can't do that in most cases mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. family law. So your business has been booming, though, and I mean not just because of that, but because of how you how you kind of market yourself and put yourself out there. So tell us a little bit about that. I mean, how how do you market that business? Um, so we're primarily referral based. I mean, mm-hmm. we do scant little amount of any any sort of marketing we pay for. We had a company that ran our social media accounts for a while. We kind of figured out we weren't getting a whole lot of leads from that. So, it's a lot of um it's a lot of networking directly with other attorneys. It's a, a lot of word of mouth from previous clientele. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like staying involved in the community is huge for me. Um, you know, not just direct, you know, peer-to-peer marketing groups, but being involved in the local bar association, being involved. I'm a local Marietta Kiwanin. And, and so oh, they- Melissa's, Melissa's involved in the local bar association. <laughs> <laughs> Only because Kristen drags me to McCracken's all the time. <laughs> That would not be my choice. It's never mine. I'd rather go to like <laughs> Hamp and Harry's where the classy people go. You could always that's, run that's out the, the back door. Go, oh, know? I guess I'm the sucker paying $15 for a drink, actually. Yeah, but the place is good. It is good. They have really good, yeah. Shut up. Very good food and drink. <laughs> they do. Yeah. No, it is important to stay um, connected to the community, definitely. 
Yeah, Kiwanis is I like Kiwanis. It's, yeah, you know I, I'm real involved with Rotary, and it's I I, I that wish that I were able to to stay more involved with things like that. But the a, a trial lawyer's schedule is mm-hmm. one of the most unpredictable things. Like that's why yeah. sometimes y'all will go three weeks, two months without seeing me just because we can't yeah. really, uh, the court sets our schedule. We don't really set our schedule. We so. know that. We, we'll give you the pass yeah. for our Wednesday morning because, group. Yeah, I was going to say, I guess we didn't say it before, but Sean's on our board of directors. He's been with me since, were you, did you come when I started it in my office or at Gabriel's? Gabriel's. Yeah. So Steve Worrell uh-huh. had me come sit for him one day when he couldn't make it. Yeah. And I signed up that day. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it was it was perfect timing. I had just started my business. Mm-hmm. I looked at some other more formalistic marketing groups. I'm like, I can't commit to that. Yeah. And so when I heard your pitch about like, you know, don't, you can try to be here, but we're not going to hold it against <laughs> yeah. you. I was like, oh, that We're that all works. adults. I mean. And um, yeah. Yeah. And so I've, I've You've been, been with us since. Mm-hmm. What was that? Like six years now. Yeah, that was that was I think August of 2017. Yeah, yeah. So Sean's got all these like little things that go. Of course, you were a soccer player when you were younger, but now your kids are playing and yeah, you I, I literally now or what? I I assist. I, I help out with my my daughter's rec team. Um, my my son is in like the pre academy program, and they have like paid coaches out there. Mm. I just got an email right before we started recording that my daughter, it's her first season, has been selected for the rec all star. So she's very good. I mean, That's she's only so played cool. four games, but she's she's great. She's oh, you'll be getting you'll be getting the academy letter pretty soon. Yeah, know, how much it costs? Oh, I know. I, yeah, it, we'll see. But I'm so glad my daughters are not athletic mila played soccer one time and the only goal she's ever made was in the wrong goalie (laughs) (laughs) it takes time no she was like i don't want to do this i was like perfect because i don't want to waste my saturdays at the soccer it it is a lot of time invested (laughs) and i mean when you see the folks that do academy i should say when you don't see the folks because once they start academy you never see them again oh it's your summers are shot nope i'm good every vacation revolves around a soccer tournament Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i'm I'm really glad that my daughter never really got into the academy stuff and i love soccer i mean i played when i was a kid and I, you know, I'm a licensed coach and coach, you know, coach my youngest one until she was about 14. I didn't know that. That's fun. So, and you're a season ticket. Yeah, I have season tickets to Atlanta United. And do you do you go to those games? I've not been to one. (gasps) Oh, I'll take I'll take care of that. Yeah, Yeah. I'll take care of that. Um, I, you know, I played growing up. I've coached intermittently through the years. I played as an adult in in uh, intramural leagues. You're a decent goalie. You play goalie. No, I I was always a left midfield because united's looking for one right now yeah i'm too short for goalie and i don't have hops i mean i can i'm somewhat athletic but no no go, no goalie for me so he uh you'll love this melissa because some of the stuff you know you get from, I, I ask for the wives to send me stuff too oh, let's hear it. and uh did you know he worked for abercrombie and fitch oh that makes total sense <laughs> <laughs> all through were all you the through. model did you have to wear like your shirt unbuttoned at the doorway? No, no. I did. I worked at a store that did that. Um, I started because I went to Georgia State undergrad. Uh-huh. I, I, I worked at uh, Phipps Plaza. It's now moved over uh-huh. to Lenox, I think. But uh-huh. back then it was Phipps, and it was their Atlanta that, flagship that was, store. That was before they issued you a 
bulletproof vest and that. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Horrible down there now. so rough. But, How um, fun. During high school? No, college. College. Yeah. Mm. And in fact, I, I <laughs> went back while I was waiting for my bar results. Mm-hmm. I had gone to three years of law school, was a legal intern, took the bar. I was working back at Abercrombie just to have money coming in yeah. until my actual job started, which was sort of pending bar results. Mm-hmm. And so I was a, I guess, how old are you? I was a 24, 25-year-old yeah. guy just working at at, the, at that point. It was the Cumberland Abercrombie because oh, I was God. living in Smyrna. Oh, God. And, um, and I was older than the manager. So right, I was, right. But I just had, I was like... I don't wait tables. I don't do anything like. That. Yeah. I just need some money coming in while I'm waiting for this job. Did they make you buy all your clothes though? Yeah, they changed that policy. But yeah, they um, when you worked there, you had to not only wear Abercrombie clothes; they had to be in season. I mean, you got yeah. all kinds of discounts and all yeah, that. Yeah. You know, Abercrombie, where you can have everything you want as long as it's between extra small and medium. Right. <laughs> I've heard that they won't even hire you unless you are in those sizes. I don't know. If that's that's true. I think it's changed now too, and I also think they've started carrying like a wider range of well, sizes. Well, they got in a lot of trouble. I mean, they, there they? was a big PR controversy yeah. about their, not only their, like their hiring practices, their, uh, they changed the policy where they don't have to wear those clothes anymore. No. Some, you know, I should know this as a lawyer, but it was some legality mm-hmm. that, you know. Well, some, there was some executive at one point that just made the comment that, you know, over a certain size yeah. isn't, isn't part of the, Image that we want to, yeah, that we want to portray. I thought it was one out in California. Maybe that's why I thought it was someone out there. You know, California, everything that comes from California is just fucking weird. You're fucking weird. But we did have to, no, I never, so I never had to stand in the front and, you know, with my shirt unbuttoned or anything like that. But um, but we did have to wear the clothes and, and the, God awful colognes. Oh, the colognes were the, and it's so strong right when you pass by. So, my yeah. high school job was at Lids, believe it or not. Doesn't that make yeah. sense? <laughs> so, you passed by. You're kind of a snapback girl. I can see. I, I was the only girl that worked at Lids. I was the top part time salesperson in the whole country. I bet you were. I was. And I was the 15. Gift of gab. I was 15 years old. They come up with hats. I'm like, oh, you need hat cleaner. You need this, this, this. They were buying hat cleaner. Yeah. All the kinds store of she worked at sold more Padres hats. Than- <laughs> <laughs> oh, but did you see the Padres game on Sunday? We don't talk about that. And I kept calling it the Padres game. I was like, I'm going to the Padres game, telling people in Atlanta that I'm I, going that, to the Padres game. Those were the game. Padres. I thought that was a UPS team. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Jesus. Ten, what that was it? 10, 10 to 2. two. Oh. So I snuck down right behind the dugout of the Padres, and I stood up. She left me there, and I was sitting by these two guys. She is in Kristen. Yeah, Kristen left me there. So I was sitting there because I snuck down. I was like, I'm going to still sit here. And then I stood up, and I said, Machado, I love you. And And then they escorted her out. And then they escorted me out. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, can we see your ticket, please? I was like, oh, my friend has the paper one. <laughs> they don't have we paper, don't have paper tickets, tickets anymore. anymore. I guess. Do they not? I don't no, know. No, every, everything's on. Everything's <laughs> on the MLB app. Oh, but that was a great game. Thanks, Kristen, for the tickets. I went last night. So. Did the Braves lose? No, they won. No. Tenth inning, walk off home run. I'm going to go again tomorrow night. Oh, so. fun. Yeah. Have season tickets. No, you do. No, do you? Uh, oh no, just friends that are. Uh, so I, I, I grew up a Cincinnati Reds fan, mm. and so Cincinnati now only comes here one one series a year, and it's always early. Yeah. So I always used, you know, go to the Reds, a couple games of the Reds series, and this is the first time in thirty years I've been cheering for the Braves over the Reds. Oh. 
That's okay. I mean, I've settled in. I've been here 30 years. It's home. Okay. You know, I didn't didn't want to rush into it. Yeah. Yeah. So I like the Reds. I hope they do well this year, but I just hope they do well when they're not playing Atlanta. Do you like the Braves? Yeah. Yeah. So I moved here at a magical time for the Braves. It was, I, we literally moved here during the worst of first season. And so it was hard not to get swept up in that. Mm. Um, I was a, as a kid who played baseball um, and Cal Ripken was, I was going to say you were an Orioles fan. I was an Orioles fan. And, but watching that organization, kind of like you with the Reds, that organization just not give a shit about mm. the franchise or the fans for so many years. Mm. That, that's just sort of gone away. <laughs> I I would like to see them do well. They've been bottom dwellers of that uh, division for so many years. Mm-hmm. They have a couple of exciting prospects now, and you know maybe they'll make some noise. I, I mean, hell, Machado used to he came up through there. And, mm-hmm. uh, We're so, keeping him though. So I saw this yeah. week that the third highest paid player on the Reds this year is Ken Griffey Jr. I saw that. Mm. Griffey hasn't at, played at, in how long? Ten years? At least. Wow. Yeah, it's mm. ridiculous. That's crazy. Good for him, though. Yeah. Yeah. So any other – I know you're a dog fan, so you love love UGA football. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's My experience with that has been – a ride because you know being not from here it's not it's not sort of in my blood like it it is for many people who like are born in Georgia and it's just like you support the dogs or the or or the yellow jackets but um, I was really football agnostic even in even in college until I kind of realized well I'll probably go to UGA for law school and um, and then once I got accepted I was like okay I'm in I'm all in Mm. and uh I have been since, man. I, you know, as I got student tickets, I went to all the games when I was there, even during the the tough parts of law school, of which there were many. Um, And uh, never, you know, I've shared misery with a lot of long suffering fans. And to be in the position that Georgia is now as back-to-back national championships. Most and, and facing the easiest schedule of damn near any yeah. power five team in the, in the yeah. nation this year. Oh. You, you guys are going to hit me. What school's up in Athens? Oh, my God. <laughs> What's that one? That would be UGA. Oh, that's UGA. What's the one downtown? Tech. No, I know Tech. Isn't there another? Georgia, Georgia State. State, and that's where he went as undergrad. Okay. Yeah. I always get those mixed oh up. Oh, my God. My yeah. grandfather went to Georgia Tech. And I know Again, the, the opinions yeah. expressed on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, San Diego State hey, just went just, to the championship. Uh, people just clicked basketball. unsubscribe, you know. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just. They're going to like, what is wrong Terry with that Abra- girl? I've Terry never been Abraham to will be screaming. I know. She's going to at her cell phone. She's going to unadopt me as her daughter. I love you, Terry. <laughs> Terry. She's not going to did a horrible this. job of raising this one. <laughs> She got me too late. <laughs> I was already too ruined. <laughs> she can adopted ask, me when I was like, can 30. I ask y'all a question? Sure. Yes. Um, do you like when you had the concept for this podcast? I mean, it's, it evolved from the happy hour. When did you first, when did you first kind of develop the idea that we're going to actually sit down and talk about whiskey and, and work? We talked about it for a while, just kicked it around. But mm-hmm. I think, Probably when it really clicked to me, um, we were doing a tasting event, a bring bring your own bottle tasting event. Mm-hmm. And I think it was when Jason Summerhour, the guy from Three Strands uh, Vineyards, was talking and 
everybody kept asking him questions and mm-hmm. he ended up you know usually when we do our our bring your own bottle tastings you get a couple minutes to talk about your business but people kept asking him questions and it was 15 minutes of him talking yeah. about his business and yeah. i'm like we need to do something yeah. with this because people were interested in what he had to say and how he did built the business and they were asking these great questions and i thought wow if we're picking the right people mm-hmm. to bring on here um we can talk about we can you know we can talk about their their business he's got a great story you know he had that night in particular he had probably the best whiskey in there mm-hmm. he had that oh my god that Ange- angel's envy rye finished in caribbean cask rums and it, <laughs> rum, oh my god it was good it was outstanding and so that really was what when i finally said no we got to quit goofing around yeah. it's time to do this and we love highlighting our local businesses i think it's yeah, and, and that's I, th- a I think our goal is, is even though we're doing local now is we eventually want to be more of a national scope. Yeah. We want to talk to we want to talk to successful business people or entrepreneurs or just kind of movers and shakers, whatever that like whiskey and or, or whatever they're drinking. I mean, bring rum, tequila, whatever you want. I mean, we're you know we're yeah. I thought that was quite a flex from one of your guests to bring rum on like the second or third yeah. episode. Yeah, who was that? Yeah. I forget. Brian Borders. Oh, yes. oh he, and that but was it was good. a Georgia rum, and that stuff was outstanding. Was it really should have been. It was eighty some bucks and a bottle. And it was super but, cool that he brought something from Georgia and highlighted yeah. that business. Too. And and you'll see us dive. Yeah. You'll probably see us dive real deep into some tequilas eventually because because mm. um, this one. That's no, right. I I love I love aged no, tequilas. Yeah. Don't Okay. It's because of her. She grew up down the road from Tijuana. I, I did. Mean, it Literally was, 15 minutes. There was nothing to do there but yeah. but, but yeah. tequila and, and donkey shows. No, <laughs> no. I never went to one of those. No, so, no. Oh, oh Tijuana. Well, when, I, when I heard about the Concept Podcast, I was, you know, a, a, a wee bit jealous. I'm like, that's brilliant, you know, because mm-hmm. we'd... We have a version of this just informally on our rooftop where we talk. It's basically our partners meeting yeah. and, and and with guests, we just kind of talk about our business and we do it over bourbon. Um, so I, I guess I'm just kind of informally petitioning to be a guest host sometime because. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's, that's a given. And especially because I go out of town a lot. So yeah, that's, and I told him that too, but yeah, I think that would be fun. I think we ought to do a, um, Rooftop one. A rooftop one, yeah. With your with all as the long partners. as the wind doesn't, you know, true, true. Uh, yeah. Affect, you know, mess with the uh, the levels here. Yeah, I think interviewing all the partners together and just showcasing their oh, personalities. You know, we would be all about that, and that we would. So and maybe that's out. something where we do the interview in the office, and then we move up yeah. to the roof to drink and, and take the mics up That'd there. But I'm game. I'm down. It's, it's, a lot. It's, sure. it's got to do with alcohol and podcasting and business. I'm and in. highlighting you guys. What's the worst job you've ever had? The worst job I've ever had. So the my it's not on the the sheet that that we sent Doug, but um, the first job I ever had turned me off uh, from the restaurant industry forever because yeah. I was a fill in bus boy <laughs> at the Catfish Den. Oh, in oh. sounds horrible. Um, one of my one of my <laughs> friends' moms was a, a manager, I think, or maybe even a server there. Uh-huh. I don't know. I that was place, like, that place used to rock on the weekend. Oh, that place yeah. was it packed. got so busy. But I was uh-huh. 14 years old, and just you know, I've worked since. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I I was just asked, hey, do you want to make some extra bucks? Right. You're not doing anything. You're a teenager. Get out of the house. Type right. Thing. And uh, and I had to. So I started before the. Before the restaurant opened, I had to go in there and peel shrimp, and uh, and your hands just get so slimy. Oh, gross. And then 
and then then deal with uh, customers you know, the plates yeah. I, I couldn't do it I what, could. what's the worst job you ever had Melissa um I actually worked as a boat de- like yachts I would mm. detail yachts like get up on the yachts and clean yachts and I w- I mean it wasn't the worst worst because I was out in the sun and by myself most of the time so I just chill and scrub the yachts down but then they hired me as an inside administrative assistant and my pay went up by four dollars to sit there and do nothing it's like this is so horrible yeah this is what about yours i think i had bought this used toyota pickup truck back when i was like 19 years old and my payment was like 120 bucks a month and it was only like a 12 month loan or Uh something it was really it was minuscule right and I needed to make the payment on my truck, and I had not been working for a while. And uh, I took a job with a temporary agency, making like four and a half bucks an hour. Oh, God. And I was working the midnight shift oh, at a packaging company. It was called Special Packaging. And I was putting, um, you know, the Nestle's Quick, the um, canned, they used to have the canned powder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were doing a promotion where they had a little package like on top it was like a little box and it had these little marshmallow shaped bunnies in it okay from the nestle quick bunny and so literally i stood there for a week working midnights putting these little boxes Boxes putting the little package of bunny marshmallows in it putting the box on and then taping them up and the very last night we worked there me and another guy went to a um went to a cvs or something like that beforehand and bought a big box of just cheap condoms. Stop it. And we were throwing a condom in with every thing of the chocolate, or of the bunny marshmallows. Oh my goodness. And I can't believe we never heard about it on the news, but I guess that was, I mean, the stupid shit you do when you're a kid. Wow. But I mean, that was horrible. I mean, I mean, it was this like 30 some years ago. I know. I was saying, how old are you? Got paid $4 an hour. Minimum wage was four and a quarter. Uh, My first job was four and a quarter. So yeah. well, I was in California, so mine was seven twenty-five. Yeah, I mean, minimum wage now is what seven seventy-five or something like that. I don't think anybody really pays it anymore because yeah, we finally hit a point where people, you know, that people were needing employees, and you, yeah. you know, you got to pay twelve, thirteen bucks an hour to get somebody in the door. True. Right. If you were not a family law attorney, what would you be doing? Screenwriter. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. Yeah, you got to write, finish that one. I got to. That yeah. sounds fun. I, you know, this is, I think this really kind of counts as my first podcast. Mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of podcasts with, you know, movie people and comedians. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you know, that would have been a, a career that I could have. I mean, I probably would have made no money at least until <laughs> it's like playing the lottery. Like yeah. you eventually either hit or sometimes you don't. But mm-hmm. um but that's probably what I would have done. Yeah. I mean, I like I said, I, I went into college thinking I was a, a literature major. I switched to political science pre-law within three weeks when oh. I realized, you know, there's no money in this. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, here's a funny story. I'm one of these kids when I was a kid that my entire family, you, you, you know, on, especially on my mom's side, a lot of the yeah, it was the Jewish side of my family. A lot mm-hmm. of lawyers mm-hmm. always was told, "You're going to be a lawyer. You're going to be a great lawyer. <laughs> you're gonna be a, you know, you you can argue anything." Right. I took that to heart. I was that kid. I knew I wanted to be a lawyer. But then, 
I got so jaded as a teenager, like, you're not going to tell me what to do, you know, know. and like, I'm not going to do that. Mm. And I fought against it. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll do journalism, maybe I'll do, you know, politics, uh, maybe, uh, maybe I'll do maybe I'll write. But um, within, like, within a month of being on campus, I was like, this is silly. I'm just going to do what I always wanted to do. You're supposed to do. Yeah. 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 What else? Nothing. I, I, yeah. I keep telling Did you my miss anything that, else? Oh, there was nothing. I mean, he wrestled and he rode crew at GSU. There I mean, I can't nothing. imagine rowing a boat in the Chattahoochee River. It was it was fun. I only did it a year. I I started too late. I started as my core classes were starting, and I was that nerd who wanted to be a lawyer. I was like, I can't take away, you know, study time. And yeah. so I did it for a year with my roommate. And then I came to him and said, I can't do it anymore. He's like, good. Cause I don't want to do it anymore either. Uh, nice. so we, we would have, we have to wake up at four twenty-five every morning yeah. to get to the river. We, from downtown Atlanta to Roswell, Oh, practice started at 5am. Did, uh, did you guys share the same facilities with tech crew? Um, they rode, yeah, they rode a little further down the river, but we, we would see them on the water every morning. Yeah. See, I've yeah. known some people that were on this. On, on the text rowing team. I know somebody now that's on UGAs. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a fun, it's a tough sport. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm not a tall guy. Mm. Uh, it's a, If you're tall, you're, you know, you're, yeah. you're better suited. And I had Georgia State, because of Title IX at the time, it was a, a varsity scholarship sport for women mm. and just a club for men. Oh. And so – the women that were on the team were all like six foot plus tall mm. and they were really good scholarship athletes. And the right. guys were like, okay, we're just going to do this as a <laughs> hobby. So yeah. I think Georgia's team still a club team. <clears throat> They're rowing team. They Is were it? back then. And yeah. it's all title nine stuff. They'll make a sport out of anything anymore. You know, that Georgia has a bass fishing team. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Division one college bass fishing, but all, the SEC, mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. Mm. You know, yeah, the, the the south and southeast. Uh, I yeah. can see the bass fishing team, but that's going to be a big thing. They're, any, they'll make a sport for anything. Yeah, so we can't. Yes, they will. Um, so you, I noticed you only took like the tiny little bit of the bourbon or the rye. Yes, yeah. it's good, but it's very yeah. strong. It is very strong. I'm so this rye at one hundred and twenty, and the guys at Gem City will just like smack me the next time they see me for this, but. I really want to try that in a Manhattan. Mm-hmm. That's uh, I think it'd be really good. I'm I'm a fan. I'll, I'll take it back to the office and, and break it out on a Bourbon Friday. I definitely think that one could benefit with a few drops of that. Uh, water branch water. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think I'd be make, uh, other than maybe trying a Manhattan. I think I think I'd be drinking that with just a little bit of water, maybe one ice Is that cube too or something. Much? No, you'd nah. be fine. <laughs> is it too much? It's now three quarters water. It's one all water. Rye. Now I'm hydrating. Can't take her anywhere. Still strong. Well, hey, I've got great news. What? Um, you know, we've really been trying to get over 50 subscribers, followers, and we've hit that. And um, we do have a winner. And I'm going to make some announcements on social media. Fun. So it'll be announced before they hear this show. Okay. Um, Josh Lade uh, from Marietta. Guy I know, actually. Um, he's been a good follower of us from the beginning. Really pushed cool. it out there. Um, he was one of a handful of people that actually emailed me like I asked them to do. Wow. 
And uh, he was actually the first person that emailed. So I put all the names in, and that's the name I drew, which is cool. Josh uh, works for AT&T. Um, cool. I think they, they're right, like, the next mm-hmm. block over from us where we're at. Didn't he come to one of the Yeah, tastings? he's been to some of our tasting yeah. events and yeah. um, and enthusiastic guy and uh, really cool. really likes bourbon. And so Josh won the bottle of uh, Heaven's Door. Fun. Um, I'm going to say now that um, I am going to give away a bottle of Blanton's for the 100th. So if you are in the ones that have already followed, send me an email, whiskeyafterworkpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know that you're one of them that followed because I can't see on Spotify. I can't see who's following. I just know how many there are. So they have to email. Yeah, send an email to whiskeyafterworkpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know that you're a follower. When we hit 100 followers, I will do a drawing and I will give a bottle of Blanton's single barrel away. And those aren't easy to find these days. So a good, good bourbon. Fun. I don't know if it's worth all the hype that people give it sometimes, but it's a really good bourbon. And I'll gladly give a bottle of that away. So that'll be, be good. That'll yeah. be cool. People love Blanton's. That they do. And uh, with that, I think we're going to wrap things up. Um, look forward to having everybody at the next episode. Um, we're going to be inter- interviewing a pretty interesting guy, uh, a deep political guy and marketing guy. So his name's Rob Lee, and I'm looking forward to that one. Looking Are y'all going to do a, a wardrobe change before that? Mm-hmm. Nah, <laughs> uh-uh. people will forget. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we'll be doing that coming up next episode with him. And, uh, and with thank that, you, Sean, for coming on. Yeah. And uh, if it's your first time listening on uh, Spotify, follow us. Um, if you're listening on other platforms, no problem. Can Keep I plug listening. my firm? Heck yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, you can find us on all socials, Abernathy, Ditzel, Hendrick. Um, we're not hard to find, but the website, www.abernathy.com. Uh, Excuse me, www.adhfamilymatters.com. We recently did a kind of a soft rebrand, so that's still nice. coming out of the. And plus, maybe I'm going to blame it on the Catechin Creator. Adhfamilymatters.com. That's right. Thanks very for bringing cool. this very strong rye. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. It is good. Good deal. Thank right. you. Thank y'all. See Thank you guys next me. week. All right, bye.